Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back to another installment of Two Legs with another familiar face on my right. Uh, this is episode 226. My name is Andy Nichols, and I'm one of the two co-hosts of Two Legs. And joining me today is not Tom Hunyadi, but once again, uh, one of the original co-founders of the show, Mr. David Gargolino. How are you, David? Hey, Andy. How's it going? Becoming a familiar face lately on this show. From so. audio only to face everywhere. You're Cinem- you're cinemascope. Yeah, cinemascope. <laughs> and I like the beard too. I like the I like yeah. the I like the Fu Manchu. It's good. <laughs> it's good, but it's good to have you back on and uh, f- uh, subbing in there for your cousin while he's uh, making his moves and doing his thing. As he talked to us about on the last show, he's in the middle of a move right now, and we wish him a lot of luck. Um, pun intended. Um, on that move and that journey and safe journey for him back to uh, home territory in the same time zone. Hallelujah. Jesus be praised. (laughs) You got sick of that three hour, two hour time zone, depending on what time of the, you know, (sighs) turn back the clocks. Six months out of the year, it was uh, three hours and the other six months it was two. Oh my God. So now it's going to be, yeah, same time zone. We'll all be the same. We'll all yeah. be the same, and um, we could bug each other at the same time. We'll right, right, <laughs> right. But he still doesn't have an iPhone. Damn it. Uh, we'll work on him. Those damn green texts. <laughs> Can't get used to that. But uh, we have something special cooked up, and a topic that uh, many viewers and listeners have been wanting us to do for a long, long time. And we've been Tom and I have been planning it and planning it and planning it, and we've done so much other content that. We finally, um, with Tom, you know, moving and stuff, I asked him if we, if we could do this show. Um, without him, he gave us his blessing, and I'm happy to report that David and I today will be discussing, finally, 2008's Electric Arguments album. Um, 15 years ago already. That's scary. This coming month. 15, yeah. yeah, November. November of 2008, it came out. And we'll get to a lot in a minute, but uh, first, a little bit of news and headlines So we're recording this on the 25th of October. Happy birthday, John Anderson. We'll get to that later, too. (laughs) 79 today. Um, But we did get some uh, news out of London. By the time you guys are watching this, it'll all be over and done by then. It's old news. But we're on the eve, circa 1995, of some really cool uh, information. Finally, finally, it's coming out. We're not going to make 10 videos about an announcement video because we actually have confirmation of an announcement tomorrow. 9 a.m. Three days ago. Three days ago. So it's old news, but we're real, we're excited, and whatever it is, we'll be talking about it because we're going to go live, too, about that. So you can watch that video as well, and David will join us, and maybe Tom will, too. Yeah. Um, on the Paul front, um, the Got Back Tour rages on in uh, Down Under. He is playing again on the 27th at uh, Alliance Stadium. Um in Australia, and then he's got a few more dates on November 1st and November 4th. Um, also there, so yeah, and so he's got a few more dates in Australia. Joan Borelli was a home run of a guest. She she's going to every show, and well, maybe we'll have her back on at the end of the Australian tour uh, before Paul goes to Brazil, right, David? Yes. South America next. That was that was a fascinating interview because it's like, wow, she's going to be gone. They're going to be gone to like. The middle of November on this tour, yeah. And, and was she seeing each sound check? She's seeing everything. Wow, the whole the sound, shabam. the whole the sound check, the whole nine. Apologize, oh. folks. Here on the East Coast, uh, the allergy season is upon us, and I am just dying today. 
So if you hear the sniffles, I do apologize. The allergies are just out of control bed because of that. So sorry. Um, I'll do my best editing job to it's, get rid of those. It's, it's kind of like record has, you know, keep it analog. <laughs> yeah, keep it analog. But um, that's, yeah. So and then uh, what else news-wise, really, uh, that, that's it for Paul. In the Beatles world, we've got um, two key events coming up, both uh, featuring our friend Dr. Kenneth Womack. One we just found out about today. The other one we've known for a few weeks, and David turned us on to this, and that's on the 17th of November. Just in a couple of weeks, yeah. Ken will be at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame giving a presentation uh, on his book and presenting his book, which I think by that point will be have been released, Living the Beatles Legend, uh, his, the story on uh, Mal Evans. Isn't that right, David? Absolutely. So at this current moment in time, you could still go to rockhall.com and sign up. It's free for members and non-members. Because this will be taking place at 7 p.m. The museum had been closed by then. Yep. So basically, you're just walking to the room for the presentation. And uh, I signed up myself and Tom. Um, I'm going anyways. You're go- So you're going regardless. You're, go- you're going to make the drive. I'm going to make the drive. I'll probably drive home that night. I'm not staying the night. But uh, wow. it'll be a bit of a drive. But uh, I'm trying to get... Trying to get my buddy Tom, since uh, he couldn't make the 2017 Pepper Symposium in Ann Arbor, to just go on a road trip with me. So Three hours? Three and a half hours, you said? Yeah, three and a half. So. That is going to be exciting, and uh, Kid O'Toole will be there, and I know you'll get a chance to reconnect with everybody yeah. again. And, and Gary Evans. And Gary Evans, excuse me, Mal's son, will be there as well. Yeah. And it's a free event. I mean, why not? I mean... If it was, if it was, if I had known about it a little bit sooner, I would have maybe definitely gone. But yeah, it's a little too close for me to make that trek. But uh, man, David will go and represent two legs and and uh, do us proud. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, and obviously the book, the and obviously yeah. So we've got the book coming. We've got that book coming out. We've got the Beatle news, which is which is uh, hours away. So it's a really fruitful time. Um, thanks to all the uh, Swifties or whatever that caused the delay, which Tom said. I mean, whatever. I mean, I, I think I know. I know like two songs by her. Whatever. I, I, I mean, couldn't even name one. I mean, maybe one or two sound familiar, but I, I mean, it's amazing how the music industry is that small now, where that would bump or you. Yeah, but well, because big shoulders. artists, right? I mean, but so and then obviously we have the Stones release that came out uh, last week too, and Paul didn't want to jump on that and we're not going to get too much into paul's appearance on that album because that's going to be another show that tom and i do um next show which is going to be basically all of paul's recent contributions that he's popped on the dolly parton the stone song the jimmy buffett song and we're going to review all of paul's contributions uh as well so we're not going to do too much into that actually into into the stones album but um i mean think about that we're in 2023 we're in like you know the third decade of this century, and we're still talking about the Stones and the Beatles, and it's still a thank great God, time. yeah, it's still a good time, you know, because that you know those entities are still alive. So yeah, and um, have did you get a chance to listen to the Stones album? I have not. All right, uh, it's <laughs> it's good. I, I, I really was I enjoy twenty. Was there a 2005 album, All Originals, or that was that mix of covers? That was the last album of All Originals. I believe it was called The Bigger Bang. Okay. And uh, that was the, there was an album of covers and originals seven or eight years ago in between all that. But A Bigger okay. Bang was their last original studio album. And uh, not, you know, you're like I said, the old adage, you're either a Beatles person or a Stones person. Clearly, we know what most of us are that watch this <laughs> channel. Um, but 
I like the Stones for the big hits in the 60s and 70s stuff, yeah, but that's yeah. about it. But this album is really enjoyable. It's punchy. It's to the point. It's produced well. The songs, for the most part, are not longer than three minutes. There's one, there's a little bit of a longer one that's got, uh, and oh, forget her, what, what the hell's her name's on it. Um, Lady Gaga, she's on it, so that's a little bit of a longer track. But I, 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 very, I listened to it twice already. I really enjoy Hackney Diamonds. I don't know if I, I maybe I'll get the vinyl, but I'm, I'm that I'm happy with streaming. If you were inclined, would you buy a physical format of that album or no? Me, myself, probably not, but I, I'd stream it just to listen to it. Yeah. Is Charlie on some of those tracks? Charlie is on some of those tracks, yes, okay. before he passed away. Okay. I know that some of our friends in the uh, VC bought it and uh, are and enjoying it, the physical copy. Maybe maybe, uh, maybe I'd get it on vinyl, but I, I, I enjoy just for what it is. It's just good, straightforward rock, and it sounds good. So yeah. I, And uh, i got to give a big shout-out to uh, one of our viewers and listeners, um, Joe, uh, Mantineo, who kind of turned me on to it, he kind of gave me the itch to listen to it. He messaged me and was like, "Hey, the new Stones album dropped. You should go listen to it. It's really good." So, thank you, Joe, for giving me the uh, impetus to go check that record out, and I enjoyed it very much. But um, moving ahead, that's all the news that's fit to print, as it says on Sometime in New York City. <laughs> We're going to get into electric arguments. So, yeah, 2008, finally the third the third album in the series. Okay, build to the firemen. Okay, and for those that are don't know, and there's a few that watch that don't have any real knowledge or any in, in, history into the Mac world that we do. Um, Paul worked with a guy named Youth, whose real name I didn't look up. I'm not sure what his Martin name is. Glover. Martin Glover. Martin. Thank you, Martin Glover. Of the Killing Joke band. Thank you. Um, and really, kind of just. Worked on, like, how would you describe it, David? Like, house music, electronic? What would you describe this music as? Well, the first couple albums is kind of house, and it's kind of has a motif. It's kind of like, uh, it reminds me of, like, uh, one of the soundtrack albums Paul did, you know, uh, in the 60s, or has that common theme, but it's kind of like a remix between those tracks. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of electronic, ambient it's like if you've attended a Paul McCartney concert, the music that he plays pre-show, not so much now, but like 20 no, years ago. 2002, during the Cirque du Soleil kind of intro. Right. The you, Fire, Fireman remix, it was called. Right. Now you're hearing a mashup of, you're hearing mashup of um, you know, Beatles and Paul stuff, which sounds great. But back then, to David's point, you'd hear this stuff kind of building and building. And it, was, it was all Fireman. Mashup stuff. So it was Paul and Completus out there, and, and my partner in crime. I know he has everything under the sun, physical CD. I've never been interested in that stuff, really. I well, you got to come I, up with the dollars now for a physical CD or record on this stuff. Even a CD version, is that right? Yeah, yeah. It's so. I when so I, yeah. yeah, go ahead. So, so the first album by the Firemen, you know, but and Paul, you know, was not. And again, I don't own it. You'd have to tell me. Um, Paul's not credited on it. Just as the fireman, and the album is called "Strawberries Ocean Ships Forest," right? Correct. Right, and that came out in 1993. Um, and so it's it was all recorded, this. It yeah, was recorded in October of '92. So, you know, this is before "Off the Ground" came out. Well, after. Well, I'm sorry. No, well, it, was, it is before "Off the Ground." It You're right. Have yeah, because around the same time period where they're you know recording the other album, you know. Yes, because Off the Ground gets released in February of 93. So it is, it's all during the same time. A little side project. The yeah. album comes out, um, and again, November not owning it. November of 93. 
Tom would know, and anybody out there, I mean, does does Paul have actually a credit? Is his name in any of the sleeve notes? I don't think it is. I'd have to look on. I'm out of town. I'd have to look on the CD. It probably doesn't. There's no his right. His name didn't come about till the third album. No. So so that album comes out in '93. Then in '98 we get another Fireman album called Rushes, which I know Tom. That's the one that Tom still doesn't have on vinyl. I think, or maybe he got it. I know that. Uh, Another YouTuber out there, YouTuber, has, you know, tempts him with it when he shows it on screen sometimes. <laughs> but I don't think Tom has Rushes yet. And Rushes was the second one. And that came out in 98 after Flaming Pie, by which point yeah. it kind of leaked out that this was a Paul McCartney thing, but yeah, you had so to be that, diehard that, to get it. That was recorded in February 98. So, you know, that was during Linda's still battling the end of her, you know, yeah. uh, struggles. And it came out in September 98. Um, but yeah, I remember seeing that in the record shop and I was like, why is that in a Paul McCartney, you know, section? And I didn't understand it. Um, this is before the internet was widespread for me to access. And yeah. You had, that. you know, you could go onto AOL chat forums and talk to Beatle geeks that way and find out about yeah. it or message boards and read, read it that way. Or what was that Usenet? That was another one too, right? Yeah. So, but, uh, this but did you a later appearance for a project. You know, so tell us about that. That was in the Love We Make uh, DVD documentary of the um, concert for New York City. So the intro, I think, the, just the background soundtrack was some of these songs on this album, which kind of got me back into the album because it kind of fit the mood. Kind of you liked it. I liked it. Yeah. Right. It's, so it's, it's it's more like I think guitar based. There's some electric or acoustic guitar passages um it just i'm into that stuff these days right now that's kind of my mo headset mood um is ambient stuff so ambient stuff that's a good way yeah. to describe a lot of this music is ambient noise it's it's, it's, it's good background kind of chill music you know but it's not something that i would like drive <laughs> drive with you know maybe maybe on a you, you might know, but in other words if you're wor if you're working at home you'd put it on in the background right maybe sure yeah yeah so, yeah, and obviously there's little subtle things. I mean, I've seen CD copies of these things. Obviously, I think they, they are MPL communications, you know, releases, so you can read between the lines. Well, yeah, to, to your point, did the first album have any Paul McCartney stuff on it? It might say MPL on it. I think it definitely does on Rushes. Yeah. Uh, but it wasn't, sure. it wasn't released on, on a major label. No. Well, the the first one was Parlophone and Capital, but the second one was um, uh, a subsidiary EMI called Hydra. So Hydra, okay. Such a that sounds like a small brand, you know, offshoot label. So it was, uh, you know, these those first films are like really you got to dig deep with a you know a magnifying glass to understand that this is paul and you could actually if you heard some of the tracks you'll hear linda's sample samples of linda so i mean you could tell who this is but you can yeah i mean yeah so it's got it, it has labeled it has a parlophone and capital label for strawberries ocean ships forest mm -hmm. um it does and 
you know, I do. I remember seeing reading these track listings: Arizona Light and Sunrise Mix and Transpiritual Stomp and Translunar Rising, and it's yeah. music that you'd you'd put on in the background if you like it. And, um, and a lot of those are kind of the same motif. You'll hear the similar stuff in between some of those tracks. It's just like a different mix, but they just name it something different. So you can almost. It's not the whole CD, but it's like, I just heard that on the last track, a similar passage or kind of theme. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's so, yeah, yeah, but it's so, I mean, you have to be really, really hardcore, Paul, to track all this stuff down. And I like to think that I am, but I I just had no interest in that ambient kind of music. I mean, maybe now as a collector, maybe I'd, maybe I'd, I'd grab a CD copy just to say I'd have it, but I mean, I would never play it. I mean, Wikipedia is listing Liverpool Sound Collage as part of the chronology of the Firemen, but it's still see. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that. No, I, no, I agree that. But he was still working with youth on that. Yes, and that clearly is Paul. Like you look at the Liverpool Sound College. Now that I own because I bought that when it came out. Right, this was clearly a McCartney type thing. So I remember some of that stuff's hard to listen to, but you're like, wait, there's like new Beatles shit. Like I'm here. I'm hearing John and Paul talk here, and you're hearing this like. A song called Free Now. I remember being like listening to Free Now, which was just to them. Me, right. Yeah. Go ahead. To me, this is like, okay, that's the third. Almost like it was a new Beatle track after Real Love. Correct. That was my perception when I was like 16. I was like, holy crap. And then later on with the Search of Pepper, you, you're like, what sessions did those drumming and the bass come from? Or at least the drumming or like or his vocal passage of free now lyric. I'm like, Oh, that's a Sergeant pepper outtake. It it is. And you're hearing that and you're like, they took this little stupid, you know, phrase and turned it into like a, a, and looped looped it. Yeah. Free now. Yeah. Which, which that bass passage is one of the, like the first theme song I created for two legs in 2017. I did my own mashup of a couple things. And that baseline is from that. So, Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so this this is yeah, so he worked with youth, but this was not billed to the firemen. I mean, it's, no. you know, it's just Liverpool Sound College. And the collage. super well the I'm sorry, collage. Collage. Sorry. <laughs> um well, and the super furry animals, I guess would be the the other billing artist on here too. Yeah, I I God, I remember finding this album. I don't know how I It was probably still in the same row that i was i found the other rushes stuff i'm like huh and i turn around like plastic beetle free now peter blake i knew his association like oh right pick this up this is definitely beetle related i don't know what it is but i that free now was such a really cool jam thinking like they made another song out of this (laughs) to your point yeah i was like wow you know this is just on the heels of uh the one album being released i think the following october this came out in well, I know we're not on this album, but this No, well, it's all it's all connected. It's all connected. This came out in August 2000, so it was just a couple months before the one album. Yeah, one comes out in what, November of 2000? October or November. October yeah. of 2000, right? And that's of course, you know, so and of course the the Beatles anthology book also came out around that time. Oh, that was so expensive. I put It was. I think I put I think I put it down to deposit. You know, I was like 16 then, so it was a $60 hardcover book. I went to a media play at the time, um, which is kind of like a Best Buy meets Barnes and Nobles. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I remember that book. 
and this album that I kind of associate the two around that same time. Right period. around the same period, right? So that so those albums come out and okay, Paul's done a lot of experimental stuff. You know, the Liverpool Sound Collage, nice to listen to, really cool. If you listen to it, you file it away. Yeah, that I actually go back to the other two firemen before I come to that one, honestly, because it's a lot of just uh it's Paul with the recorder walking around Liverpool interviewing people interspersed yeah. with some of the outtakes of uh, do uh, think for yourself sessions. And, yes. Uh, so you got to hear like George talk. Jinga, 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 things like that, right? I don't, I don't know if that's going to be on the, you know, the upcoming uh, uh, rubber soul sessions next year, but uh, if they pull any of that out, but nine tracks of which we know are done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. As you told us the other day. Yeah. Um, so it's a, so segueing into later, you know, so Paul goes to the early two thousands, revamps himself, revamps his band, rebrands himself, does everything, um, does driving rain tours, really goes hog wild with the touring again. And he, um, and he records, um, um, memory almost full sessions first with yep. some of the band members and then meets Nigel and they abandoned those sessions for chaos and creation. Right. And then his whole marriage thing, just whatever. And then he went back to the memory, almost full stuff to finish. So you got Oh five Oh seven. And, and don't forget, you got a classical album in there too. That etchy core If I hope I said yes, that right. In 2006 that came right. out. So, so yeah, just, I don't know how they kind of reconnected 10 years later. They ran into each other and like, Hey, Let's do no. something again, you know. And let's do something different. And I think this is the album that people obviously are going to resonate with the most if you're a traditional McCartney fan. Why? Because it's the first time that an album actually had any semblance of, like, real, true, traditional pop music compositions on it. You know, on it. There was plenty. Yeah. And we'll get through all the tracks. And we, we ha we've had our conversations during the week. Comparisons to yeah. McCartney 2 and 3 and... Um, can you elaborate a little bit on that? What you that was a great well, that was a great analogy you made. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at the uh, the information of who you know what who you know what he played on each track, and it was literally all McCartney with youth producing. Maybe youth kind of gave some ideas to Paul, but you look at all the instruments, Paul's playing it all, so it's really the true McCartney three in all but the name. It just because like, he's doing everything a, himself. The only thing that's not kind of organic like one or three is paul's produce or paul's not producing it's youth so that's the collaborative part that i think still is under the fireman name so you know paul's playing everything and it's just like off the wall and it's like okay it's almost like closer to mccartney too in terms of like the risk and experiments but paul's there's no other band member on this you know like you have no he's not there's no abe there's no rusty right no I mean, there's less people on this than McCartney 3, you know? I mean, there's less input. You know, it's just all Paul, really. Yeah. A producer, you know? He had an outside person, which I don't think they... I mean, they didn't really like to call us the firemen. They, this could have been Paul McCartney's electric arguments, another project, but I think he wanted to kind of close up that project trilogy with... Youth with something a little day. more traditional. Because obviously, you know, this is billed as Paul McCartney in youth the fireman and i think because the music took a much more popular approach he was like i can't just call this the fireman it's going to be too you know it's i'm too recognizable they're people are going to just they're going to so let me let me kind of 
live in both worlds and call it a fireman, the fireman, but do Paul McCartney in youth. I mean, what are your what, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I'm fine with that. I mean, it, 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 I mean, he's singing on it. It is a tr- I mean, he has traditional songs on it. I mean, some of those songs grab me more than some songs on Memory Almost Full, but I love Memory Almost Full. But it's uh, it's a it's a a traditional McCartney album. It's just really experimental. It, it, it is, and, uh, and it let's mixes just the ambient stuff of the, the first two. So. It it yeah, you get some of the ambient stuff. The, the some of the things that link the tracks, like lifelong passion. That's something straight that you could hear on Strawberry Ocean Ships Forest or Rushes, yeah, hearing yeah. things like that, and then linking to traditional stuff. But just looking at the um, the vinyl copy that I have here, do you have it on vinyl at home, David? I I, I bought that about five years ago with an affordable price tag on it. Now I think they're in almost two hundred dollars out there and it comes with a cd anyways on it within it that's right um if you dig deep enough it's in there too is it a digi pack or just a single cd it, i haven't it, looked it's been so it's, many like, it's years. in like a it's like in like a, a cardboard um just a, a case like a skinny case because there was another there were a couple oh here we go i think i found it yeah i did buy the digi pack when it came out yeah it's just yeah. a single sleeve I this did one. bought the digi, yes, which I bought the, the same day. If you want to hear some of my history in terms of that released on the same day as Guns N' Roses' Chinese Democracy that's been like, you know, 20 years in the making. And at the time was like, oh, man, it finally came out. And then you got a McCartney CD. I was like, for me at that time, the Guns N' Roses release kind of overshadowed this Paul McCartney release. But this McCartney release has aged much better to me, but so I had both and I was like, which do I listen to first? And um, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll be honest, this, it, the, the whole album of electric arguments didn't really grab me at first. I kind of had to sleep with it, so to speak. I had to like fall asleep to it. Like really some of it, some of it is kind of like, it didn't put me in the mood, you know, like it didn't grab me. So I had to like kind of live with it. I kind of, like I said, you know, fall asleep to it. And I was like, then subconsciously, as you're going to bed, you're you're hearing all this stuff. It's kind of like, you know, the point between you're awake and you're dreaming. And so, but all the singles I love on this album that he released. Oh man, played live. It, you know, played live, and um, I was starting to get into the little meat meat and potato meat and potatoes of the tracks. Um, yeah, I mean, I just in terms of variations. So there there was this version here. The standard two LP, but then there was another LP version that was another one too. Do you remember the specifics on that one? I don't know about the other LP, but I know that a box that came about six months later was up for pre-order on his website, and it was about seventy bucks back then. And to me, that was so a lot of money. You know, it was like in a tin case. It was four CDs, yeah. three CDs. So. No, two CDs and two DVDs. Right. So this is what it, so this the vinyl version which I just showed you was so there was a deluxe edition that you're talking about. Two LPs, two C two CDs, two DVDs and a download in the tin box with the original thirteen track album, seven track CD containing bonus mixes and alternate versions, a DVD of high definition audio recordings, DVD of multi track session files, two exclusive art prints, and an extensive booklet. So that was all in the in that in that you know, kind of, you know, super deluxe, as we say these days, edition. Yeah. Um, it's the only thing I don't have. You know, no, but uh, the, the, this, I, I, I bought this when it came out. I want to say it might have been 40 bucks on Amazon. Okay. Um, 
some of the initial, you know, the, some of the uh, early praise that's on this label here, you know, the reviews, BBC Radio said it was just awesome. Did the Daily Telegraph said a pure listening pleasure with a great sense of spontaneity and musical imagination. Uh, Idolator says Paul McCartney lets it rip. <laughs> Pitchfork, Pitchfork said vamping, Zeppelin-esque. <laughs> yeah, it, it kind of has the Arctic Monkeys, Zeppelin, Jack White kind of... Uh tonalities so what version is that vinyl is just is it just the same track listing just a different cover same track listing same cover okay as the cd just the just straight up two lps and the cd so it's 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 i guess you'd call it the standard vinyl edition you know so what did you just put up previous to that or you were looking at the The, oh this this is the slip cover that goes over it Oh, okay. It looked black with the back. No, no, it's a little okay. slip cover that goes over it so, that came with the album. So that like was when not I the standard it. release. Okay, yeah, it I is have that version. Okay. Yeah, this is the standard. Okay. And and it came yeah standard just uh, and this was before again, you know, late, early to mid to late two thousands vinyl was still pretty hard to come by, so it was not mm-hmm. that commonplace. Um, yeah, but it came with the big book included with it. Yeah. Here and, and there's Paul. And youth. And youth. Right, working on it. Um, let's get into the um, the nitty. Let's get into the track listing. Okay, um, the first one, which um, Paul's very fond of, uh, you know, phrases that people say and sticking to them to be a track title, and that's the exactly what you get with the opener. Nothing too much, just out of sight. Which uh, he heard. I remember he heard that the uh, the Jamaican guy Jimmy Scott, who did a version of Obla 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 Da, he said that too. He also said this statement too, and Paul remembers it, and then opens up this album with this, uh, you know, kind of raunchy guitar. So you know, what grabbed me was the harmonica stuff. Yeah, you know, which I hadn't really, you know, had really incorporated any of his, you know, solo stuff, at least to my knowledge, as heavy as this. No, no. Um, so you know, the uh, again. These are songs like that. That's a song that I don't play a whole lot. Neither I do with the next one, the two magpies, which is kind of just yeah. like a little acoustic ditty. You know, magpies, kind of in the vein of English tea, very kind of very British uh, sayings here. You know, but where the album really kind of gets going is obviously with the first single, and that's singing the changes. And he played the hell out of that song. He played it on tour. He played it on Letterman. He, you know, um, I think you had a chance to see him do it live. I did too. Did you? Yeah, in 2011, for on the run tour, he played, I believe, that one. He didn't play Highway. I think he just did Sing the Changes. Or it might have been one or the other. He only just played one song from that album. Okay. Um, I saw him do Sing the Changes and Highway at uh, City Field. When he opened up City Field, he played both those songs. Oh, in, in 09? Yes. Okay, okay. In so the he, summer of 09, which was right after this really came out. Yeah, so yeah, he just scaled back and just kept one three years yeah. out. Which... Um, but Sing the Changes, is it's it's kind of a weird, it's all over the place, and I think he talks about that a little bit, how he kind of just made up some of the stuff up on the spot, but it works. It's the 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 production on that song, like the lyrics are not, like the, uh, the vocals are not in your face. They kind of sound like distant a little bit. You know, I love that lyric, every ladder leads to heaven. You know, yeah. I love, that's a really good lyric. It's catchy. Um, 
he kept in the set list for a good while, you know. So it, you know, that was definitely the the top single track from this album for sure. I mean, reading up the album, he did he record each song in one day, uh, and did it in a course of thirteen days over a course of a year. So, like you said, very spontaneous. I don't think he had lyrics, or maybe he had lyric ideas, and he kind of went with it. Um, yeah. Um, and just kind of rolled with it and kind of kept it going, you know, just, okay, this is what I feel like today, which sometimes works out in McCartney's favor. Sometimes it doesn't, but I think for the most part on this album, it works, you know, take a song like traveling light. That's another one of those kind of linking ambient tracks, right? Yeah. It's not a song. Cause you've just, you've just heard sing the changes, right? Three minute strong pop song. Okay. That's a McCartney song. Then we go yeah. into this song called Traveling Light, and you're like, whoa, what the hell is this? <laughs> yeah. I walked in, and you're like, what the hell is this song? Right? Yeah. I mean, his he could do that at the time still with kind of like his voice is still in top form at 66, I thought, in terms of the albums of how he could go from that screaming stuff to the, you know, the low tone. And it comes across really well. It does. You hear a lot of you hear a little bit of the falsetto on that track. Oh yeah, you know. And to your earlier point, you said at the top of the show, like song like "Traveling Light," you could that I could enjoy that in the background and be okay with it. Like I'm not going to go seek out "Traveling Light" and go play it, <laughs> yeah. but in the context of the album, it's pleasant. It's pleasant to listen to. Oh yeah, it's relaxing. You know, and you get that with a lot of songs on this record. You just do. You know, and then so we go to so we listen to Traveling Light for like five minutes and we're like in a trance. And then we go right into Highway, straight rock. Oh, man, I wish you'd bring that back in the set because that was just such a driving song. I mean, Highway. Yeah, I get, yeah it, that, that, it's still stuck in my head. You know, granted, I listened it, to them last night, but it's just like, yeah, oh, yeah. Highway. Um, it would not have been out of place on like McCartney 3 when you hear that kind of song, right? Not at all. I right. Mean, God, it's just that is a pure McCartney song to me. I mean Right. Great rocker. And then from there we go into again another, another. kind of not a traditional song. Light light from your lighthouse. Almost like quasi rap. Yeah. Right? He's kind of rapping through the lyrics. And he's like whispering. <laughs> You're like, is this Paul McCartney? You like it's like high vocal, talking vocal mixed together, yeah, and then into a chorus. Let it shine, let it shine from your lighthouse, yeah. I yeah, and the guitar work on that's pretty. I mean, you would I would almost expect that on like new or uh, yeah, just uh, it's interesting where he's he comes up with some of these far out ideas. I mean. Maybe he's just like, hey, it's been 10 years since I've let loose. You know, let's do it. Again. Right. Well, it's, and it is. It's a really, it's a record that, of all the things that he's come up on the spot with, it's such a strong record. And it's in the bevy of embarrassment of riches that we've been given from Paul McCartney in the last 20 years of studio albums and touring, this album yeah. kind of gets a little bit forgotten. You know, oh, because yeah, I mean, the, 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 the proper studio albums have been so off the charts great, right? New chaos and creation, uh, you know, uh, hell, even Egypt Station. That this album kind of gets forgotten a little bit, and I'm curious your your opinion and my co-host's opinion, partner. 
what where, where would you put electric arguments and Egypt Station? How would you where would you how would rate you rate them? What would you rate better? I gotta tell you right now. I think I'm putting electric arguments ahead of Egypt Station. I think I am. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple songs on Egypt Station that just kind of like it really. I don't know. It just really got to me in terms of no, that's not a really good song. But people are just I don't know overexposing it just because it's Paul McCartney. But like, I just felt like this is still uh, a pure time for him. This is kind of like a I don't know like a. a a release from uh, a lot of things of his and during his life, that era of his life. And uh, he just went for it. And that spontaneity with his voice still being strong. 66, a, we said, right? Yeah, at the time. Yeah. He was 66. Yeah. You know, yeah, I, would, I would personally rank it a little bit, a little bit higher than Egypt station. Uh, not necessarily on production or, or I don't know. It just grabs me a little bit more. Yes, the, the good preference. the good on this album is as good as anything he's done in the last twenty years, in my opinion. The the, the really great standout songs, hundred percent. And I think it kind of gets buried because it's not. It doesn't say Paul McCartney. It's kind of like it's under the guise of the fireman featuring Paul McCartney, which it is Paul McCartney and 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 uh, you. But out of but, all the experimental fireman stuff, this is the one. Oh, clearly, this, we know this is the one. If I go, if someone asks me, like, which one would you recommend? Like, start from the end. It, it looks, you know, truly, you know, it's really, there's not many movies where you say that third of a trilogy is better than the first. You it's know like saying, I mean? it's like, it's like saying Return of the Jedi is better than A New Hope. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, it's, there were so much McCartney releases in that short period of between like, oh, one and. It, Eight, it, it, it was so much that it, you got lost. I mean, Driving Rain, back in the U.S., back in the world, uh, Chaos, Memory Almost Full, This, the Good Good Evening New York City, Ocean's Kingdom, Kisses on the Bottom, New. Like there's, He was so busy during that, say, say from 2001 to 2011, you got a yeah. flurry of activity in there, man, and a, and a, and, a, and some personal stuff with the divorce. And I want to say that this might have been the first thing, really, after the divorce that he did. I believe so. Right. So yeah. you know, he might have just been in a spirit where it's like, you know what? Screw it. Like I've just gone through some hell. I'm gonna rock out. I'm gonna make an album with these guys. That this guy that I worked with, and I'm just gonna have fun doing it. And I'm not gonna go anything planned. I'm just gonna do it. I, I don't. So when he released Rushes, or yeah, he did a, a, a one of the first uh, webcast broadcasts for Rushes. Right. He was on his guitar, but he was like disguised, almost like a bag, like John and Yoko or something. He was, or the the bit rate was so bad you couldn't tell from anyone on that. But I, I remember that. He, I don't think he did any promotion other than. His inner, you know, his painting with youth and just discussing. He didn't do anything like to promote it for, from a live aspect, but that would have been amazing for him to go out, not necessarily with his regular live band, but with whomever, you know, maybe with youth and just performed it live. But I, he's McCartney. I don't. It would have been one of those pop up things like at Amoeba that would that would happen at. Right. You know? Hey, here I am. I'm going to play this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, just a you know, 
we're we're so fortunate that we have this um, this embarrassment of riches from this man in the latter half of his career. And I, and I I know we think two two thousand eight as we had said at the top it's fifteen years ago, but when there's been so much released and you dive back and you say holy crap this thing on its own is just so brilliant we didn't really maybe appreciate it as much at the time. Yeah, it's one of those albums that people look back on kind of like they do with Ram. Like wait, it's wow that is a really good piece of work. I don't think people said it was crap. I think it was no. just a. I think it was just, just a. Under the radar. Wow, there's so much stuff he's got out right now, you know, and it's kind of flew under the radar. You know, it didn't get the billing that, say, a Memory Almost Full did or a Chaos did. It just it didn't get that same level of uh, promotion. That might have been on purpose, but it doesn't make it yeah. anything less. You know, no, that um, might have been like I'm, I, you know, he did the Memory Almost Full campaign and the Chaos and Creation tour. Right, that and, tour. And then, he did the secret gigs and all that stuff. And the separation, and he's probably yes. just like, "Hey, I want to release the music, but don't have to be." He was probably more Paul McCartney the musician person than the persona of Paul McCartney that he has to sell with his albums. So, yeah, right, a relaxing release. He probably, yeah, did that on purpose. You know, yeah, and you hear that underground, then, yeah, but. And you hear that in a song, just like continuing through the track list here, which is one of my favorite on the whole album, "Sun Is Shining." Oh my God, you like that too? Yeah, I wish I could play the music live, but we're gonna get See? it with a copyright, you know. Well, I'm playing oh, it in my ears. Playing. Okay, I was trying on my computer, but um, yeah, we we yes. might we might sneak a video in here in the episode just to throw it on. You know, we might get flagged for copyright, not not making any money, but we might we might throw a song or two in. Yeah, we'll see. It's but "Sun Is Shining" is a great track. Reminds me of almost something that could have been on McCartney. Those opening guitar strings, very pastoral sound, you know, bright, boom, optimistic, boom. Every morning I get up, I, it just puts you in the great mood, you know. Sun is shining, puts you in the best mood ever, you know. And then the I, la 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 uh, las yeah. and all that. If you if you if he saved one of these songs and put that on Egypt Station in place of for you. Oh God! <laughs> yeah, now now Egypt Station takes the takes the win. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I I I, I know you and I are kind of on the same page on that song. I just like your cousin's not. I love him. I love <laughs> I love McCartney. There might be like two or three songs by him I I just cannot listen to, and the other one or two are his collaborations with. I don't even want to say his name anymore, but uh, I just like <laughs> that's fine. Uh, but yeah, it's, yeah. Sun is shining. Songs is, are, yeah, oh, yeah. It's just a, a great track on here, and he knocks it out of the park with the next one too. With Dan, was I think is probably my favorite on the whole record. Dance till we're high. Um, wall of sound, Phil Spector production, bells, and everything on this. Is there not? Oh, yeah, I mean, it, he did this all ahead as Hog Hill Studio, and. Uh, <laughs> Cool. Yeah, I think I think maybe that's how, that's why he had youth produce it because it just sounds so good, and it's ear candy when you're listening to the headphones. You're hearing a lot of stuff going on that I don't think you'd necessarily hear if you're driving in the car or what. No, or it's in the background, and so I love that about McCartney. It's just there's a lot of hidden gems, ear candy that you're hearing on this stuff. Yeah, I mean, but any of these last couple of the songs, Sun is Shining, Dance Till We're High, that's almost like, it's almost like a Christmas song. 
You know, it's it could be like a, it's like a Christmas song. It's talking about the snow falling and stuff. Um, bells will be ringing out. You know, you know. He oh. has never done a full Christmas album. What's your opinion on that? Would it be too cheesy, like Ringo's do it. album, or do it, it? might be Why too not? late. It might, it might be too late now. I think maybe I, um, his his uh, kisses on the bottom might have taken that. It might have, and stuff. I believe this was this song had an official video release. This this song yes, had a video release. It was black really, and white. Do you remember it? Yeah, all that stuff. All these videos are really low grade quality. Very it's officially, I'm like they uploaded like 180p or something. Like remastered this shit. Like I loved. Hey, I would 4K deluxe version. Yeah. Do a, do a yeah, talk about talk about it getting a deluxe edition version of Electric Arguments. <laughs> Forget London Town and Back to the Egg. Let's do this one next. No. <laughs> yeah, it's I, I almost pulled the trigger maybe five to six, seven years ago on the uh the deluxe version. And I was like, even then I was like, oh, it's pricey, but it's not. Oh, you as did much get that tin can. You got the tin can version? I did not. I wanted to. I've been looking. Ah. I don't even want to look at the prices are just not as ridiculous as the big barn box, but which I have. Maybe I could sell that and then I get no. Um you, no, you would not sell no, that. Not at all. Um, but it's just like it'd be nice to have the other I, I downloaded the other mixes from YouTube and had them on a burn CD, but uh hear the multi tracks and and uh I have the documentary ripped also from YouTube, but just to have it as a complete package uh, as a commercial product that's not well yeah, that's your yet. thing you love getting all that you love getting oh, all the warts okay. and all stuff the documentary yeah. the making of you're like the king yeah. of that <laughs> I, I love the whole process yeah um moving it now i have through dance tour high we've going to another one of those ambient tracks with lifelong passion which can kind of put you in a trance you've sure. just heard two rocking songs pop songs and now you're like okay we're going back into the <laughs> tm mode here <laughs> to the misty mountains and you can picture the misty mountains like the himalayas like walking boom he's kind of he's kind of boom. playing john anderson on that song i don't know kind of like the uh, i don't know the <laughs> spiritualness yeah, he, and... he is <laughs> yeah. you know so that that kind of that goes me up i don't say want to say i don't want to use the word meanders but it goes on for about four and a half minutes but again in the context of the album it's an enjoyable listen because you're not going to seek this out. I mean, maybe, hey, that might be your cup of tea. You might want to just listen to this song. But in the context of what Paul was doing with the Firemen on the earlier albums and now with traditional pop music, it works with a song like this. In other words, if you didn't have pop stuff on this, maybe I wouldn't be as so as inclined to listen to it. But because it does, I'm like, ooh, I'll, I'll give this another chance now. So I think the first couple, at least the first album, I think was more youth produced or made. And Paul McCartney put his flourishes on it. This one, I think it's almost the opposite. It's the inverse of it. It's McCartney, and I think youth has adding some of his influences on this. You know, yeah. Whether Paul Paul might be taking those ideas and playing it, but it's I, I think you're it's the opposite sides of the spectrum for this this project, and you're seeing more Paul McCartney obviously in this one. Yeah. Um, more of the same with the next track, Is This Love. Um, you know, very kind of Eastern instruments going on in this. Uh, is this that track that goes, Oh, like water? Is it that one? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. 
Oh yeah. So I mean, that kind of that that's a deep track that that gets me. Just I love the his trance of his vocals. He loves playing with some of the, the echoes and reverb and delays and just his voice is soothing on this album. Yeah, it sounds a lot of the tracks that are not traditional. It's like his voice his, his vocals are are like buried deep, right? You yeah. hear them they're 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 drenched in a little reverb and echo. You know, we're hearing them kind of from far away and we're hearing all this other layers of instrumentation whether it's drums or, you know, rhythms going, you know, kind of continuing that kind of hypnotic trance thing that, that goes on the, with a lot of this music, and it works. Yeah. Um, the last couple, Lovers in a Dream, I do think the album meanders a little bit towards the end, I'm going to be honest with you. The last couple of tracks I'm not the biggest fan of. Could you speak Lovers to those? Dream, uh, Lovers in a Dream still, it's still in my head from last night. It's just kind of... Again, the pulsating yeah. beat. The mm-hmm. pulse, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. And that's where it's more of a throwback to the first couple albums. But, um, right. Universal Here, Everlasting Now. I mean, this Initial is impressions album. on that? I forgot what it sounded like already. but <laughs> Birds oh, chirping yeah. and stuff. And then more, yeah. it kind of goes into the more of the you know, the, yeah. like the the night of the as I call it, the night of the Roxbury stuff. <laughs> yeah. So maybe at the end of the album, things are kind of kind of feeling the, more the same, or things are kind of blending together. Um, they are, and then it it closes with like a ten and a half minute epic, um, "Don't Stop Running." Yeah, with a hidden track called "Road." Yes. Track. Right. You know. And this is again, it's kind of more along the lines of um, like a long form jam, almost like a rinse the raindrops kind of thing, kind of vibe a little bit. Oh yeah, you know, um, you know. Again, if I'm not listening to the whole album, I'm not going to probably put. The, I'm not going to seek this track out. So, again, when when Paul's at his melodic best, songwriting pop, you know. That's where the album shines, in my opinion. I but I appreciate the tracks that are a little bit more risky, you know. But sure. be, because he he bundled them with traditional stuff, like a whole. I don't think a, a whole album of this stuff is just not my cup of tea, which is why I don't like Rushes or Strawberry. But you know what? Maybe maybe I'll give him a chance, a shot. I'm not buying them physically. I'll tell you that. No, I would. At those I would, prices, you know, <laughs> not at all. Not if you're kind of wishy washy. But yeah, I mean, stream them, download them, and go kind of just absorb them you know i mean they're i think they're still great tracks but yeah they're just not they're kind of avant-garde of mccartney you know it's kind of like i don't know this would be close to what like johnny yoko might be into or you know if they were still together in this day and age but um yeah i mean i'll i'll, I'll do a little quick show and tell the vinyl for anybody who doesn't have one at home um there's this gatefold opens up like that there's your fireman truck. And the LPs, I think, are just standard white label. Let's take a look here. On the inner sleeve, fire, men. And there's the vinyl LP right there. A oh, picture of oh, the label on one side and a picture on the other. There you are. It's pretty standard. Um, so you bought, you bought that when it came out? I did. Just, uh, okay. Okay. 
both the just CD digipack CD, and the vinyl. CD digipack and the vinyl. Um, instant, you know, instant purchase. Once I realized that it wasn't, uh, once I knew, once I realized it wasn't another electronic, truly electronic album, I'm like, oh, there's real songs on this. I'm gonna get it. Yeah. Yeah. And then you got the red there for the second disc as well. And uh, yeah. Yeah, it's 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 a, it's just different kind of Paul mixed in with some traditional nice pop stuff, and but some of the best stuff that he's as we've said since that, that he's done, the poster yeah. we saw, the CD digipack. Um, God, I hate it when they started bundling these things, but I tell you what, fifteen years old, she's held up pretty good. The old gal. Oh yeah, looks nice. <laughs> Digipacks, you know, and then you know you've got the book uh, in here that you know it's got Paul basically with the painting and stuff. You know, that was all going on during this time. Uh, and Paul's still painting, actually. very Just the other day in Australia, he, he did a little paint thing. Did you see that I on social that. media? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ever, ever the creator, ever the artist, right? There's a good photo of him there. Yeah. Just a good, just a good, a good different, yeah. So, uh, recorded and mixed by Clive Goddard at Hog Hill. Uh, programming by Tim Brand. Mastered by Steve Rook at Abbey Road. Sound assistants, of course, Keith Smith, of course, uh, John Hamill, Eddie Klein. Um, yeah, 2008. You know, thefiremanmusic.com. I don't know if that website's probably still in existence. Probably not. I, probably not. I remember, I remember when that came out. He he played the shit out of the, his uh, Epiphone Casino on this album. You see him in the studio just ripping yeah. away. Um, For sure. But yeah, he... He's got all he's got all those you know he's got a, the the mini Moog from uh, the Wings era. A lot of yep. all right, I love the, I love I hear a lot of Mellotron on this album. I love the Mellotron. So you're like mm. yeah he's playing the old ones from the '60s from EMI. He's, I think he's got two in his studio. And uh, yeah, I, you know he's probably figuring you know when is he going to branch out his wings like that? And I would love for him to make another album like this, not necessarily it, it, the Fireman. It, you know, just make one. Uh, yeah. Be very curious if Paul decides to revisit his collaboration um, with youth or, or do something to your period. point. Yeah. Uh, 90, 93 to 98 is five years. And you go 98 to 2008, that's 10. So, And we're 15 years on. Maybe, you know, um, maybe do it. I mean, how, who would not sign up for a super deluxe edition of the Fireman, um, of the Electric Arguments album with all this extra content? We've talked about the live stuff. I mean, hell. It's amazing when you think oh. about what could be in the archives, you know, the but or demo versions so, of, this, of these these songs. So, Electric Arguments is a uh, poem from uh, Alan Gin, uh, Ginsburg uh, called uh, "Kansas City to St. Louis." Okay. For anyone that wants to care about the, the title history. Of yeah, what is that? Electric Arguments. What does that mean, right? Yeah, Ginsburg, uh, and uh, that would have been. Um, but they're small. You know, obviously, they work together on Tom's favorite song, "Battle of the Skeletons." Yeah, <laughs> I don't know why he <laughs> likes that song so much. To each his own. But to each uh, his own. There's a lot of remixes, you know, which probably go into the deep, you know, even down the deeper rabbit hole of the, you know, the deep stuff. So, but um, yeah. I'd love to understand the multi-track session files like on the DVD. Like, can I just remix it on my own? Can I pull stuff out and 
adjust the fader. So I'm, I'm, it was a, I don't know what the marketing was because this got released on this really small label called One Little Indian. One Little Indian. That's right. I remember seeing that. Yeah. So, you know, it's just an interesting package that came out. And there was such a delay on the deluxe. It came out maybe six months after that. Yeah, it was much later. But yeah, you know, Paul McCartney and Youth. So it's clearly. So, like, the cover says Paul McCartney Youth, right? But the spine yeah. says The Fireman. You see? <laughs> so it's like he and wants to just build it as a fireman. Right. But it, I'm just going to, you know, I'm just going to embrace it. And, uh, I think you had to, given 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 the music on the album, and it's it's clearly. Uh, I think I listen to some tracks on this, or I go to them more than I have on, as you said earlier, "Memory Almost Full." You yeah. know, I just it's easily you know definitely for sure. So you know, I'm I'm a fa- I'm a fan of um, Youth or Martin because he has another project with David Gilmore called The Orb. You know, so Gilmore they just re-released a remix album. I think 13 years after the first one. So I've just like, you know, all these, all these influence kind of daisy chain and spiral off of different, you know, collaborations. And you kind of under, try to listen to the old, and it's just a really, you know, it's like full circle. Cause I'm going off on a tangent, but like, you know, Paul's worked with a lot of producers like Trevor Horn, you know, I'm just like, so I'm, yep. you know, I saw Trevor Horn for the first time ever this year. Cause he opened up for seal. And basically, I have never, I don't think he's ever played in Detroit some of those songs, you know? So it's like, wow, he's worked with McCartney and Seal and Yes. He didn't play anything. He, he didn't yes. play anything. He, he didn't play, he didn't play anything from drama. Damn it. He, uh, <laughs> no, he played Owner of a Lonely Heart, but. Um, Which he produced, but damn, yeah. he could have played something from drama. It was like really surreal. But yeah, I'm going off on a tangent, but like Paul's worked with. The industry's finest, you know, and it's really interesting going and listening to their works. Well, what I think the album works is, and it speaks to Paul, ever since his days in the Beatles, right? He's always been willing to push the boundaries and not be locked in this box of, I'm just a pop musician, okay? I want to explore other sounds and be creative, whether that's... uh, you know, again, the avant-garde stuff, then the things that he did in 66, you know, I think this is just a continuation of that. And people that want to put him in that box. Now, I said, I've just said all episode of how I like the pop stuff. I do, but I really love that he does push the boundaries with his experimental music. And to your point, with the producers that push him in that direction, he doesn't want to be put in, in, a, in a box and just labeled as one thing. And I think he goes through long to great extents to do that, to do experimental music like like this album. For yeah. sure. And you get a little bit of a hybrid of both. He's never changed who he is, not one iota, and that's what makes him awesome. You know, I don't know if, if John had survived and, and created stuff in the 80s and 90s if he had kind of branched out like McCartney in terms of getting those hot producers just to push him further, you know? I mean, I guess he had Yoko as the new collaborator, and that pushed him into a new realm of thinking, but you know, I th- you know, I think George kind of stayed, he liked what he liked and didn't care from a commercial standpoint, but like Paul, he wanted he the right commercial. Him. Yeah. He knew he could, he wanted the commercial stuff, but he didn't want to be labeled as that. So I'm going to push the envelope and do other wild stuff to get out of my comfort zone. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's an incredible musician and, and it's like, yeah, we're, I'm thankful he's still around. 
I might not agree with some of the songs he writes sometimes or who he uses as a producer, but if it's from the right place and, and it's genuine and organic in his mind, you know, it's a valid, it's valid, you know, so, but he's got so 100%. much stuff. It's, I don't, you know, I could like, not like 10 songs by him, but he's got a whole 375 other songs that are great. Yeah. There's always something you could like on any album he creates and, you know, and it doesn't feel forced, but. No. So, so if you have not taken a deep dive with electric arguments, this is a ringing endorsement from your two hosts today to go check this out and pick it up. I is it? I, I'm not sure if it's available streaming. It might be. I'm not a you know, I'm not up on all that because we're physical media people. Um, it's on YouTube. You can probably get a, a decent copy of the CD used somewhere. Yeah. Or, um, I don't even know if can you get it new anymore on Amazon. You probably could. I don't know. Maybe. But check it out. I mean, it's worth a listen to. Um, to hear a different side of Paul, but but with some of this music, but then hear really really great songwriting, and it's uh, again those songs, dance dance to we're high, sun is shining, sing the changes, uh, home run like all time, like top the last twenty years, they're they're up there in terms of songs uh, for songwriting for him. Segwaying, okay, segwaying. You mentioned Trevor Horn a few minutes ago, and we're two big prog rocky guys, and a month from now. Will be in our hands. Will be the super deluxe edition of this bad boy. Ha ha! <laughs> the Yes album. Uh, David's holding up. He's got this is the 2014 Stephen Wilson um, remix uh, that I have here, and David has as well. And we yeah. are getting a four LP, one CD um, box, and it's going for a really good price on Amazon right now, as seventy nine dollars as of late. David, who is up on all the 5.1 Blu-ray stuff, um, can you please give us the differences in the Stephen Wilson one from 2014 and what we're getting now? So what with we're this getting fantastic now. Yes album. Oh yeah, it's it to me personally, it's my favorite album. I it I grew up with it. Probably I came to it when I was about 15. I just played the shit out of my dad's record of it, <laughs> and I could probably. To, I could probably play the own by ear, but they're so technical, it wouldn't be easy. But it's just like, I know where they're going, and it's just, I love it. Um, so the 2023 box set includes um, the four CDs and Blu-ray. You're getting the 2014 remix that's on the 2014 release on CD again, but you're getting the instrumentals on cd this time where it was exclusive on blu-ray in 2014 right you're getting now on the current box set you're getting some of the 2023 remasters of some of the rarities like the single version of your move and starship trooper trooper uh the studio version of clap that's a 2023 remaster yours is no disgrace mono version so you're getting a, a CD of rarities that may have been exclusive to the Blu-ray of the past sets, but on CD. What's really new is he's doing the 2023 Atmos mix on Blu-ray for this set. So that is kind of like the new feature. And then plus you're yeah. getting a live CD uh, in Sweden and the New Haven, Connecticut The New Haven show, show. yeah. And January 71 for Sweden and July of 71 in Connecticut. So... Uh, yeah, a unique album because it was the only album that featured um, 
you know, it was, they were the only album made by these five guys because Tony K was still in the band. It was and was the first album with Steve Howe, who, yeah. you know, came to the band with a huge force with his, his you know, so John and Chris, Bill Bruford, of course, and Tony so K this, and Steve. This is their third album because the first one was Time and a Word and... Yo, yes. Yes, yes, and, yes and then Time and a Word. And then the Yes album. Right, but most people in America think this is the first Yes album. <laughs> Most most mo- most yeah. uh, commoners think that you know that the, this is really the first one Steve, of the Steve Howe era, I suppose. Yeah, that's right. And and it is. It's the it's the, it's the beginning of a wonderful trio of albums with the Yes album, Fragile, and Close to the Edge. I, I tell you what, I like it a lot. I mean, Fragile's great. Heart of the Sunrise, Roundabout, you know. But this is way better than Fragile, in my opinion. And and it it, it pushes Close to the Edge in, in a lot of ways too. I don't know if it overtakes I, I lo- it, but I love Bill Bruford. I mean, he's probably one of my favorite drummers his work on yes and king crimson is just like it's sad that he retired uh just from the music industry so yeah uh it would but, be amazing to see him make a guest appearance on some yes shows these days but that's no he's he's happily retired and stuff yeah. and he gave us five albums you know yes time in the word the yes album fragile and close to the edge and for a lot of yes purists that's all they need they're not into the later stuff tales relayer we're going for the one or Tomato. Like the, those first yeah. five Yes albums is a lot. What a lot of people like is Bruford was such a different drummer oh, than Alan. And, he was and, he was and jazzier. Squire, man. Oh God, that's uh, I love Chris Squire. I mean, it's just um, I was devastated when he passed. I mean that yeah, he was my dad and I's probably favorite bass player. And so thankful I've seen him a few times. You know, back in the day and oh yep. God. I mean, go listen to 5% for nothing on Fragile. It's 40 seconds long. You know? I mean, listen to that yeah. bass and drum combination there. You know? And then we're going to go into long distance run around in the fish. I mean, incredible world-class musicianship. These are guys that were at the top of their game. Um, and I'm just, I know you and I are both looking forward to this. If you like, maybe when it comes out, I'll have you for a review on my own channel. And we can sure. discuss the box set. Maybe do a little, un- if you want to do an unboxing together, we can. Maybe. Yeah, if you're, if you're down for it, yeah, um, or or yeah. review whatever you want to do. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, um, you get a lot in this set. Some of it's carryover from the last time, but that was exclusive to the Blu-ray then. But uh, and I I like that. I listen. You're a much more Blu-ray guy than me. I like having the Blu-ray material on CD. You know, it's an effort for me to put a Blu-ray in. You know, I got to go in there, put it into a DVD <laughs> player, turn everything on, and do it. You know, I like having the DVD, the, the the Blu-ray content available on CD. If you've got to make it another disc or two, make it another disc or two. Give yeah. us that audio. Yeah, and that, and that's the the selling point on this is you get some of that stuff on CD now, and um, for the price point, it's just amazing for what you get. Oh, for what you get, and you're getting and you're getting another vinyl edition of the album. Now, I don't know if you have the Stephen Wilson vinyl. I have the Stephen Wilson box set. Of all the Yes albums, I don't know if you've dived oh, into that at all. That on vinyl, no, I don't have yeah. that. I just have, I just have the special editions he did. I think the first five albums on Blu-ray and and CD from ten years ago, almost. Right, but, almost uh, now. But uh, happy times for for music fans if you're if you're into this stuff like we are too, and Beatles and and it's uh, again as we said at the top, it's old news now, but it's out there. Yeah. Go ahead. So to go to your point on the Blu-ray, you yeah. Know, King Crimson just uh, released their Lark's anniversary album, and they had done box sets 10 years ago on the live stuff. And God, talk about a 
a vault of a band that kept everything. But this current thing is a four CD or four, two CD, two Blu-ray. Well, Blu-ray two has nine hours of session outtakes on one. I mean, you would that's have how you do it, Paul. That's how you do it. That's how you. <laughs> that's how you do it, Paul. Give us nine. Give us nine takes of with a little luck from start to finish. The set, the set was $50 because if I think you turn that into a CD set, probably you're inching around 150 to 200 but they could release 25 discs for $150. And uh, that's that's a band that's big, but kind of underground in terms of the... Very uh, underground. The content for the money. I wish... God, I would... Oh, I wish the Beatles... The Beatles, I think, treat the product kind of as a uh, like another release in their discography very carefully. And they're not ready to release everything in the vaults because there is such a huge fan base. So right. it's a business. It's a business. We're, and, whereas Crimson you know, will say, hey, here's all our stuff. Have at it. Yeah. You know, because it's really, I think, uh, what uh, Fripp is still ownership of that. He kind of is so close with his manager. He is. Singleton. Paul's not close. To, I mean, Paul's part of a committee. They're like a GM of stockholders, you know. This is Which I think is BS because him and Ringo and the two estates should be over there and there and say they should go into the board and say, "Look, I don't care if you're the governing board of stuff. We're the Beatles and we're the estates. This is happening. This is not happening." And they 100%. they can't do that. Uh, it's just me trying to you know rationalize what they currently do, and it's like it's 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 bumming that after you know starting with Abbey Road, they condensed and mirrored everything based on the vinyl capacity. So the Pepper and uh, and White Album 50th Super Deluxe were the best, I think, because yes. they, they slammed so much into the CD. You got so much bang for your buck with those. Now they're kind of mirrored now based on the vinyl capacity. And uh, oh, and well, you're getting less whatever. content on the discs, right? Yeah. And you're getting bonus a bonus EP on a disc of four songs. You and you're like, what? 16 minutes and 38 minutes when a CD could fit 81 minutes. Is not good. Going so. back to Crimson, do you want to know, as a Crimson fan, and I'm a, I'm a mild Crimson fan. I like the early Crimson albums, the first two or three. Sure. I haven't dived anything past, really, obviously the first one, Lizard, oh, yeah. and uh, Lizard, uh, Poseidon, and the King, Court Black. of the Kings. Yeah. Yeah. Starless and Bible Black, Lark's Tongue. I haven't really gone past any of that. What's the what's the connection between King Crimson? I'm going to put you on the spot here. Pop quiz. What's the Uh-oh. connection between King Crimson and the Be- and the Beatles, and and one of their songs? Dude, I'm going to put you on the spot here. You definitely know this. Ooh, I might need a connection between the Beatles and King Crimson. Huh? Don't think later. Think 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 1990s. A- oh, the Adrian Blue years. Uh... Yes, think 1990s. Well. Think around this. Think around anthology time. I'm gonna give you a little hint. Oh yeah, yeah. Freeze a, you know, for, so they did. They did perform "Freeze a Bird" during that, the next uh, night. Thrack the next night. I think in New York, and they did it in New York. Later. It was in November when they were playing that. Like yeah, you're correct. Night, yeah. So "Freeze oh. a Bird" comes out on November twentieth or twenty first, nineteen ninety five. They're playing the, the next 22nd. night, something like it that. Was probably the and, off night where anthology wasn't playing. It might have been that. Because it, it was anthology on Sunday, Wednesday, no. Thursday. Uh, Sunday, yeah, Sunday. Sunday night was episode. Sunday night was episode one. I'll never forget the countdown. Right. Yeah. Sunday night. And it was Wednesday, episode two. 
And, that was and then with Thanksgiving? Was Thanksgiving, yeah. Right, Thanksgiving, I had, I had right. Things. I told my mom, yeah, we're, we're leaving my aunts. We're going. Yeah, got to go. Got to go. Sorry, the anthology's out. on. Yes. Um, but, you know, I'm yeah, years in, old. yeah. Yeah, no, but King Crimson did a version of Free as a Bird. Oh, that, like, the, I, it's it, probably like, one of my favorite versions. That yeah, is I incredible. His voice is just, yeah. Um, yeah. So there, there, there ties your... Yeah. yeah, and I remember seeing that on YouTube, and I'm like, look at this, the next day, or two days later after the song comes out, King Crimson's doing it, Free as a Bird. So that kind of brings it all back full circle to where we were at the top of the show um, yeah. with, the, with, with Now and Then, which is now announced so, by the time this is out. <laughs> I, I won't go much in that song that maybe has been announced, but remember... You met, were there Music Land or Har- uh, Sam Goodies in your area back in the there day? Was. There was. So they had they had a magazine called Request that was free on one of the stands. So I think this is February 96. They had an article, a big article, pretty much the whole 15, 20 pages on Jeff Lynn and the three guys working on the songs. And they mentioned now and then. And so I was looking forward to that kicking off Anthology 3. And I was like, what is this or- orchestra stuff kicking off the anthology? Because it was supposed to be on the third CD kicking off, you know? Yep. And I was like, wait, where did that title go? Like, and that's where's now and then? Where's the, what's this yeah. a beginning? I don't want a beginning. What, where's now and then? <laughs> I was like, what? Yeah, I, I, I still kind of get annoyed when I hear that. I'm like, this is, there's, there's space here that, yeah, should be. Fun. Well, in about 10 days' time, we can change all that, and you can reorder the playlist any way you want. Yeah. Put Now and Then on Anthology 3 and have at it. <laughs> yes, exactly. You yeah. can do that. So, well, this was a great chat, David. Uh, Absolutely. Talking, you know, um, obviously, you know, well, Paul, but uh, the recent stuff, again, you know, that's going on, and Electric Arguments, which uh, we are so glad that we were able to finally do a dive in. Maybe we'll do a part two with Tom at some point. Yeah. And I, bring I you back in. That. I've never done the fireman even on the show when I was around. So, this, well, this was this a good way first. to kind of get all that done Out. too. Yeah, and and win one kind of little bit of an episode here. And uh, again, those upcoming dates. Don't forget about it. Okay, November seventeenth, um, Ken Womack and Gary Evans with a presentation and the launch of Ken's book. Living the Beatles legend on Mal Evans out in uh, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. David will be there. Yep. Go say hello to him if he's there. Also in, oh, I don't think I mentioned this at the top, July 2024, and I did not mention this, in Liverpool, England, at at my alma mater, Liverpool Hope University, it's the second annual International Beatles Symposium, celebrating a hard day's night at 60 on July 5th through the 7th at Liverpool Hope University. Uh, the team, the music team members at Liverpool Hope University are delighted to announce an interdisciplinary international Beatles symposium that will be held on July 5th through the 7th, 2024 at the School of Creative and Performing Arts located in the heart of Liverpool's vibrant city centre. This academic symposium honours the 60th anniversary of the release of the Beatles album and film, Hard Day's Night. As the dynamic opening chord of the title track signaled a sea change in popular culture, this moment in music history is worth further in-depth exploration. The symposium will feature keynote addresses from leading, leading Beatles scholars Professor Walter Everett, University of Michigan. There you go, David. Yeah. Professor Katie um, Carperch, Texas State University, and Professor and our friend Kenneth Womack from Monmouth University. Along with these presentations, there will be a screening of A Hard Day's Night as well as sessions featuring other guests. 
You're cordially invited to submit abstracts for individual 20-minute presentations or panel presentations focusing uh, scholarly explorations of the musical, cultural, historical, political, and social context of the Beatles and solo Beatles works. We welcome in particular the proposals regarding the following. The creation and influences and legacy of A Hard Day's Night, the influence and music and the photography of Mike McCartney in honor of his 80th birthday, the impact of Patty Boyd on 1960s counterculture in honor of her 80th birthday, and something much more central to, I think, what we're into, which I'm going to dial in on, the creation and legacy on one of these topics, uh, legacy of George Harrison's Dark Horse Ring or Ringo Starr's Goodnight Vienna or John Lennon's Walls and Bridges in celebration of the 50th anniversary of those albums or of Paul McCartney's Run, Devil, Run in celebration of its 25th anniversary of that album's release. So um, that's, yeah, and abstract submissions are due on January 5th at 11.59 p.m. Oh, you better get to it. I'm going to. As my alma mater, <laughs> I think I have to. But um, this is something that I have not been back to Liverpool in since graduation which was a long time ago now, and I am definitely, definitely planning on attending. What say you? Are you going to try to? Are you interested in going? I probably couldn't make it out there because I'm probably going to be saving for an, another European trip for the following year. But if there's a virtual sessions, I'll tune in. Yeah, your cut. Your yeah. Thank you. I mean, your cousin wants to go. Well, yeah, he's finally he tried to go this year for his fiftieth and whatever. But yeah, that's definitely going to get him out there. You guys will probably hit the town, go to you know visit the sites and you know oh it's, to I could, Liverpool and London, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's only two days, or three days, fifth, sixth, and seventh. So it's not a long conference, but um, you know, I think uh, definitely um, I will be there and hope. Uh, I, again, assuming my my abstract submission is chosen, um, so but at, I think at, at, yeah. Being in the academic world, why is there such like a, a six-month lead time on submitting papers to when you're presenting? To go through like a review process, or uh... yeah, there's a review process. They're going to get probably hundreds, if not thousands, of proposals. Okay. You know, and they're going to have to tailor them and pick you know the best from uh, to. You oh, know, so you're not guaranteed to no present. Okay, no, it's you're not. Here, it's a submittal, and they fund. It's a that. call. It's a call for papers and and some scholarly essays uh, or or presentation. On any of those topics, uh, okay. and I definitely think I'm going to lean towards the solo, one of the solo things, maybe the Lennon, uh, maybe Run Double Run. I'm not sure, but something to think about. And I've got a few months to to get uh, a proposal together, but I am, you know, I'm going to submit one, and fingers crossed. Yeah. So I'll keep you all posted. So Great. I meant to talk about that at the top, but yeah, that was another important upcoming thing. So. Busy time in in the in the Beatles world, and uh, again, as of as of this is aired, the world is now known. So this is <laughs> it'll be old news, but uh, we're happy that you've tuned in. So um, for David, for my partner Tom, who's uh, so busy with his own life, moving. Uh, Tom, I miss you, and I hope that you are safe and packing, and um, you get you get to where you got to go. And uh, as the song says, if you don't know where you're going, any road will take you there. Well, so, he's got the suitcase to take him. He's got the, you know. He does. <laughs> he does. And, uh, you know, so for David and Tom, this has been episode 226, and I hope you enjoyed it all, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in. Have a in. great day and a beautiful night. As the man says. See you, everybody. Thanks.
listening to Two Legs, a Paul McCartney podcast, hosted by Tom Hanyadi and Andy Nichols, with musical contributions by Dylan.